Rhea Ripley gets a brand new shiny new toy. The Judgment Day potential split. Oh, we're going to talk about it. And just more of the same lackluster, redundant bullshit, I guess if you want to call it, that was a Monday Night Raw last night. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is James Porcelli, and welcome to another episode of Ruthless Talk. What you guys are thinking, you're thinking, James, where's Brian Thomas at? You said Brian Thomas was going to be back. Where is he at, guys? I know. As soon as I made those comments <laughs> from uh, from the SmackDown review just this past Saturday, as soon as I said that in that show, um, I get a text from him once I once I finish recording the, that he um, you know kept me in the loop saying that he was uh, un or was going to be unavailable to do this show unfortunately today. However, he has confirmed with me that he will be back on Thursday. Thursday is when we will cover. Um, AEW as well as AEW Dynamite, NXT, and all that fun jazz over there. So he will be back Thursday. He has confirmed me with that. Of course, if anything, you know, any uh, changes or anything else happens, of course, we will always let you guys know um, ahead of time before we make these episodes. So Brian, once again, shout out to you. Um, it sucks you weren't able to be part of this Monday Night Review, Monday Night Raw review, um, as I know he has, I'm sure, a lot to say. You know, once he gets caught up with everything, especially in considering in consideration of what's happened uh, just this past uh, this past weekend. But before we get into Monday Night Raws, we are now inching closer and closer to Money in the Bank. You know, inching closer to that London show in just a couple of weeks. I had to start off with this, and it shouldn't be a shocker <laughs> after what I said on the SmackDown review. Um, just this past Saturday, and this is about Charlotte Flair. So Charlotte Flair made some comments that he that she, you know, went at some fans on Twitter, pretty much just turning heels straight out of the blue, <laughs> right? Just going after fans, went after kind of just you know provoking fans after her return this past Friday on SmackDown. And, you know, you guys know how I feel, and, I, and Brian Thomas as well, as many of you others know how I feel about Charlotte Flair for justified reasons. But this shit, <laughs> these comments, whatever you want to call from Charlotte Flair, just kind of just takes the cake. Not even 24 hours as she comes back to go face-to-face -face with Asuka to finally, you know, I guess because we all knew it was going to happen eventually, that... She would come back to challenge Asuka for that title, and here we are. And not even 24 hours later, she is on Twitter. Legit turning heel, guys. And, and these are some tweets that she sent out. These were just recently, just within the span of 24 hours on, Char uh, uh, on Charlotte Flair's Twitter. The, the, first one, <laughs> the first one she talks about saying, this is, and I quote, Why are you complaining? You should be thanking me. First of all, thanking you for what? <laughs> thanking you for what? For, for, for the past eight to, to seven years for giving us just, the, the, you know, just completely giving Asuka the short end of the stick and derailing her freaking momentum? What, 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 what are you thanking? Who are you thanking? 
You know, it's just, listen, if, if you guys are fans of Charlotte Flair, then, 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 then that's totally fine. I always say that if you're a fan of somebody, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold that against you, but you guys know, as well as I do, we've spoken the facts. We've spoken everything about Charlotte Flair and just how like everything about her character is just, what is she? You know, is she just a knockoff of her father? Is she a queen? Is she like, what is Charlotte Flair? That's why fans cannot get freaking connected. And she tweets this out and I understand, well, James, she's in character. Okay. Isn't she supposed to be a baby face? Right? That, that, that's the, that's the notion. And here she is 24 hours later, freaking turning pretty much again, turning heel. Like I said, at the top of the show against, against fans. Now, you know, it's, it's, it's funny to think about that because the amount of time she has turned heel and face in the span of her seven to eight year career here in the WWE, as well as in NXT. I, I mean, I think we're probably getting close to that decade plus in regards to Charlotte Flair. Um, it, it's just like, what, what, what is, what is this accomplishing? And then you're, and then there's the Charlotte Flair, the Charlotte Flair fans that are just praising her for going after, I guess the marks or the IWC about, you know, she tweets out a, an old promo cut by Triple H about just, you know, going after the marks and going uh, talking about, oh, if I don't get what I want, I'm just going to complain on social media. I'm going to put out a tweet or put out an Instagram or something like that. Right. But it's, you know, again, who is this woman and why for the past eight years, we continue this notion of just shoving this woman so far down our throat and putting her in title, title match after title match after title match after title match. Because that's all it's been for the past eight to, to nine years. And that's what and that's what the agenda has been. And I'm done with it, bro. I've been done with it. Because it's doing nothing but derail her. Because fans just get more and more disconnected by the day, by the week. It's doing nothing for the company. She's not doing anything for the company. She's not selling any merchandise. Again, she, I mean, she has a few handful of fans. Okay. But she's not making the company any better. You know, it's like, I'm going to pull a Ricky Starks here real quick. I would love, and I mean, I would love to see the quarterly hour numbers. Is she drawing in fans? Is she drawing in fans to say, I need to see what Charlotte Flair does next? And you've noticed as well a trend, how over the past several months, right, the first time she came back on her first freaking night, she comes back and she wins that SmackDown Women's Championship from Ronda Rousey. I spoke heavily about that on an Instagram Live not too long ago before we even started making these podcasts. And I know people are going to say, oh, well, you know, it had, the title had to get off of Ronda Rousey, so I'm okay with it. You don't care how we got there? You don't care how we get how we get to the destination of where that title has to be taken off of Ronda. And it should have been. I agree. Trust me. We, it, it was clear as day that at some point that title needs to be taken off of, taken off of Ronda Rousey. But it's the journey of the destination than the destination itself. It's about how we get there, how we get to the, to the title reign ending, as opposed to just in the snap of a finger, boom, it's just taken off of her. Like, can, can we not get creative? Can we not make of a fun, 
creative way to get the title off of Rousey? Or are we just that fucking, do we not have a creative bone in our body to say, you know what, let's really, let's really make this fun. Or do we just want to just listen and just say, you know what, let's just get the title off of her because we have nothing else for her. The fans just don't like Ronda. Let's just get it off of her. But no, that's not how we do business, guys. So Ronda Rousey wins that, or she loses to Charlotte Flair on that very first night. She gets a little cheap pop because, you know, even she said in an interview, she's like, oh, I think, you know, the crowd just doesn't have a chance to miss me yet. Right. She said that in an interview. I don't know who was with, but that was a while back ago about why she doesn't have a certain connection with the crowd or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's because, oh, the fans don't have they don't get a good enough chance to miss me yet. So you notice, right, she'll she'll go away for a month or two. She'll come back. She's right back in that title picture. She'll lose it every once, every, what, three to four months because she's got to win it again to get to 16 times, you know, you know, the same amount of title reigns as her father. So and that's the agenda that that's that's the vicious cycle. That's we're just going to liquidate that cycle. So she wins that title. She wins it against Ronda Rousey and, I, and nothing, guys. And I mean, absolutely nothing was relevant. Nothing was exciting. It was just to, to put the title on, on Charlotte Flair because we need her to win 16, 17, 18 title reigns by the time she's freaking, I don't know, freaking well beyond 35, 36 years old to, to be just as, as freaking as great you know, as, as her father. It's bullshit. It's freaking bullshit. Nothing about that title reign was memorable. She got a cheap pop on her return and she freaking, and, and, and ever since then, nothing was memorable. She freaking loses it to, to Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. And now here she is. She comes straight back. She says like, oh, you got to get in line. She just derails freaking, freaking Adam Pierce saying, oh, I don't wait in line, buddy. I, I, I made the line. What fucking line? I can understand, you know, Charlie, freaking uh, Ashley Flair, right? If you were moving the needle, right? Like a Roman Reigns, for example. And I'm going to get to Roman Reigns and how all this ties in in just a second. I can understand if this woman was just that damn good above everybody else, right? I, we say that a lot about Roman Reigns and how just, you know, for justified reasons since he's turned since he's turned into this tribal chief character, how he has just done wonders for this company. But guys, like she's no better than a freaking th th than a Mercedes Monet, a Sasha Banks. She's no better than a than a freaking Bailey, a Naomi, an Io Shirai, a freaking Asuka. D do I go on? <laughs> so 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 Charlotte, you you say that you know you, we should be thanking you for what? For 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 nonsensical title reigns that nobody's gonna remember. You have all these title reigns. That's great for you. But no one's going to remember a damn thing about it because nothing was special. No, no effort was put into it because the machine is so behind you because we have to give this title, you know, this title over to you because we need you to hold on to that much mini title reigns as your father because we want to promote you as the golden child, as the greatest women's wrestler on this freaking planet, which is bullshit. Because if you guys know better than I do, if you go, if you guys watch a freaking Charlotte Flair match, this woman has a moonsault that doesn't connect 99.9% .9 of the time, like a Clorox fucking wipe. She does not like to freaking sell. 
and, and, and that, those are the two main ingredients as well with wrestling. It's not just the offensive movesets, but unfortunately, that's, that's where wrestling has come to, where everything about professional wrestling is just about the flips and the dives. You know, how many, you know, can you do a freaking four, how many four, you know, 50 splashes you can do off the top rope or off a ladder or off of your freaking, your, your, your grandmother's freaking roof of her house, right? Like that, that, that's it, bro. Like that, that, that's legit. It. Outside of that, she's athletic. Like I said on SmackDown's review this past Saturday, so is Naomi. What does she do that that's much better than freaking Naomi? She's just as athletic. You know, you're telling me promos. Okay. Like how much better she is at promos. I really want to know how is she that much better than everybody else? So why is she on this freaking pedestal above everybody else? It makes no sense. No sense at all. And, and now she's on Twitter freaking over. She's out healing Asuka. So keep in mind, guys, she's, she's trashing fans. Like she's a heel. Like, what are you fucking doing? You're supposed to be in a feud with freaking Asuka, and I feel bad for freaking Asuka. She's had to put up with this shit freaking for the test of time. She's frick, She beat freaking Asuka and her undefeated streak. She was done ever since then, guys. She, she was done. Ever since then, her, her booking, Asuka's booking, has been derailed because of freaking Charlie Flair and because of this freaking company. You know, and here we are. She, you know, when she won the Raw Women's Championship, as soon as Charlotte Flair came back, she was attached to the hip with freaking Asuka being in some sort of tag team or whatever the hell that was d during that time. And now here she is once again, challenging who? Freaking Asuka. Because every single time we think that Asuka has a little bit of momentum, we think that she's going to get this little big push. They put the title back on her. Everything's hunky-dory. And out comes freaking Charlotte Flair. Because if you guys know better than I do, in three weeks' time, when they face each other for that SmackDown, or not even that, I mean, I, you can't even call it the SmackDown Women's title. It's just the WWE Women's Championship now, the new championship that they, you know, unveiled on on, on uh on Saturday, this past or the, the review I posted on, on Saturday from Friday Night SmackDown, that whether it's in three weeks or at Money in the Bank or at freaking SummerSlam, Charlotte Flair is going to win that freaking title. It does not matter how we get there. Th that's that that's what it's going to come to. Because they don't even care how they're going to get there anyway. They're already, there's hints of what? Of, of Belair turning heel. And people want to say, oh, well, J James, you know, Bianca Belair is turning heel. There could be something with that. Guys, it doesn't freaking matter. The, 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 the end result is going to be the freaking same. So that's the thing too. So it's like, oh, you're, oh, so if it's not Charlotte Flair and Asuka and you want to push this to a pay-per-view, so what? It's going to be a triple a, a triple threat. You're going to turn Bianca Belair heel. So then you're just going to have three, three heels because by that point in time, the crowd's already once again, going to turn on Charlotte. They did it. Her, her first, you know, her first return back. She got a nice little cheap pop. And then that was it. That, that was her only positive freaking reaction from the crowd. When she came back and won that SmackDown women's championship from Ronda Rousey. And, and this is the vicious cycle. It's, it's, it's the definition guys of insanity doing something over and over and over and freaking over again and expecting a different result. And, and this is where I get into Roman Reigns and trust me, we're going to get into Monday night raw in just a second. You know, at some point, like if you're Charlotte flair, you know, I always say like, Oh, it's all, it's, it's, it's the booking. Right. And, and it is, you know, for justified reasons, right. You know, booking Charlotte flair this way, you know, not listening to the audience, but at some point, 
if you're Charlotte Flair, if you're Ashley Flair, and much love to the person, I'm sure she's a sweetheart. She's a tremendous person, a tremendous human being, all of the above, right? But at some point, you have to look yourself in the mirror. You got to hear this reaction. You have to hear the feedback that's given to you and say, man, maybe there's something that I need to change, right? Maybe there's just something that that can be better. Maybe I can get a better reaction. And you know who freaking did that? You know who marched into Vince's office, Triple H's office? Freaking Joe Anawai, freaking Roman Reigns. Because you guys know freaking seven to freaking eight years ago, that baby faced Roman Reigns character was not doing it. It was horrible. We read through the bullshit and we freaking, we were amplified and we voiced out for justified freaking reasons. And Roman Reigns heard that and he said, you know what? When, when I come back, I can get a better reaction. I can, I want to come back as somebody different. He marched into Vince McMahon's office and he said, I want to make this change. I want to come back as this. I want to do this with Heyman. And ever since then, it's been freaking money. And finally, we've been, get, we got something, what we've been asking for, of course, outside of the whole, you know, Roman winning the freaking title or to retaining his title against Cody WrestleMania. That, that's completely outside the point. But all the way up until then, for two to three freaking years, Roman Reigns has been freaking awesome because you can tell that this new character justifiably fits and he is comfortable in his own skin. The confidence is there. And, and it's just, it's just been terrific, man. Right. And the feedback and the numbers, you know, he's drawing in freaking numbers. He's drawing in fans, you know, freaking hell, freaking SmackDown. <laughs> I mean, I mean, most of the numbers that mostly SmackDown has drawn in is because Roman Reigns is going to be on the show. Coincidence? I freaking think not because of how well he has been in the storyline with the bloodline and everything else he's done over the past two to three years. And at some point, Charlotte Flair has to do the same freaking thing. At some point, you have to look at yourself and saying, like, what can I do to be better? Right? Because cause, cause here's the thing, Charlotte, Ashley Flair, what, whatever you want to call yourself. You are not the best in this freaking industry. You're not. Whether you, you, you know, the character is, you know, you want to believe yourself in that, trying to get in character and believe yourself you are, you're just not. You know, you're, there's some fans, they may put you on that pedestal. You are nowhere near it. You're nowhere near a freaking Sasha Banks. You're nowhere freaking near a Becky Lynch as well. You know what? And I'm going to praise Becky Lynch as well. And I'm not even a big Rebecca Quinn, Becky Lynch fan. But if you notice as well, Becky Lynch has really done, she has, you know, distanced herself from the title picture. And she's been in feuds with freaking Trish Stratus and she's trying to develop connections with the crowd regardless if it's you know regardless of how it's done now again at that point it's freaking booking but i give rebecca quinn and becky lynch that much more praise hell even from her freaking heel run you know she came back she won the title as the man against freaking uh, against freaking bianca belair she came back and she knew that you know she was probably going to get some freaking backlash behind it and there were and there were some backlash and she know what she did freaking Turner freaking heel with that big time Bex character and people can shit over that character all, all, all they want. I thought that character was tremendously well done for her. And I thought that heel run was, was damn freaking solid. Um, the man character. I mean, it's a hit and miss. I know a lot of people like this, this Mon character, but honestly it's hit and miss that big time Bex, that heel freaking character, you know, did it have its moments to where it's like, okay, what the fuck are we doing? Of course it was. But for the most part, man, Becky Lynch, there was just a different, again, just another dimension in, in her work that was just like, man, I did not think that this was in her. 
at some point, man, we got to get to that point with Charlotte, with Ashley Flair, because clearly, whether it's the machine, you know, the company itself in her home or in her own head thinking, you know what? Everything is fine. Let's just keep doing this, this shtick where I'll just come back for, I'll just come back every two to three months, come back being the title picture. See, you get a cheap pop. Everyone missed me. I'll get my title. I'll lose it to two to three months. And we're going to just rinse and repeat and do everything all over again. And, and it's doing nothing but diminish everyone else in the process, including Asuka. Asuka has been derailed ever since she lost that fucking undefeated streak at WrestleMania years ago. And she has not been the same since, but let's continue to do this shtick with fricking Charlotte. She's and now she's on Twitter. She's out healing fricking Oscar. She's already throwing. She's already just derailing Oscar in the dirt in the process out healing her. Like, what are we fucking doing? It, uh, <laughs> I mean, she's on freaking Twitter, often intimidated, never duplicated. I mean, who's intimidating you? <laughs> it's just like never duplicated. I freaking hopes. <laughs> oh my God, man. It's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous, bro. It really is trying to, she's turning heel against the fans, not even 24 hours, you know, ahead of time when she returned as a baby face. And guys, within the next three weeks, when she, whether she wins that title in three weeks or she wins it at Money in the Bank or SummerSlam, once again, she's going to get that cheap pop like she did on freaking SmackDown, and the result is going to be the same. The connection's not going to be there. She's going to be the same old Charlie Flair doing her shtick. She's going to win that title, lose it once again, maybe to freaking Io Shirai or freaking who knows, and we're going to rinse and repeat the freaking cycle, and it's pathetic. It is fucking pathetic. So it's just, it's just, you know, and I, again, I feel so freaking bad for the rest of these freaking women um, that they have to dumb their, dumb themselves down to the, the, the fact, oh, but because we got to give this amount of title reigns for Charlotte, we got to give this amount of TV time to Charlotte where she's not even moving the freaking needle. It's just, it's unfucking believable and we're just going to keep doing it, you know? And, and then, and then there's the freaking, you know, and, and, you know, and freaking triple H, you know, and, and, you know, going back to this tweet that Charlotte Flair put out about the, 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 tri the, the triple H promo, you know, freaking mocking the fans. And cause that's all he freaking does, man. Like he, he will go to bat for freaking Vince McMahon. And this freaking company. Oh, well, James, he's, he's the son-in-law. It's, it's family. He's going to defend family. No, 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 jackass. Shane McMahon has had to freaking walk away from this company. Not once, not twice, but three fucking times. You know why? Because Shane McMahon has a fucking set. He understood that business was not going the way it should be. He stood up to the old bastard and he had to freaking leave this company because of it. But you know why he comes back? Because he freaking loves this shit. Because he doesn't have to, because Shane McMahon, people like Shane McMahon doesn't have to come back and do the shit that he does. Freaking jump off of freaking cages. Freaking go coast to coast in freaking matches. Put his body on the freaking line. He doesn't freaking have to do that. You know? But 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 let's freaking praise Triple H for doing absolutely since ever ever since being head of creative. Oh, Triple H, he's, you know, it's, it's this is gonna be Triple H's era. This is gonna be great. 
freaking bye bye Vince McMahon where it's still and and now it's gotten to the point where it's not just as bad as Vince it's fucking getting to the point where it's even worse it's even worse bro but let's just keep praising Triple H because of black and gold NXT black and gold and he's doing this shit well we'll keep in mind you he had freaking Shawn Michaels and freaking Dusty Rhodes and William Regal he had you know on a one hour show on the WWE Network and USA Network see that's cute see now 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 you're on the main roster see now you're booking for the main roster you know and he's even said it himself that he he can't book the freaking third hour of Monday Night Raw he doesn't know what he's doing bro and the shows clearly prove it nothing makes sense the titles freaking have to be changed because of because of poor booking decisions that they made in the past. So they have to make, you know, just well, not justified, but freaking, you know, changes to the freaking product where they have to change up these titles, call them world women's, the world women's championship, whatever that's called, you know, taking out the SmackDown and raw freaking name in the title, the, you know, What's been different than Vince McMahon and Triple H, guys? I really want to freaking know what it is, you know. And he mocks the fans like he actually gives a fuck about any of us. Like he's gone to bat for freaking Vince McMahon saying, oh, he's like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Vince McMahon, he knows what's best for business. He said that. He said that in an interview. He said that before in the past about, you know, legit, you know, freaking going after the fans saying they don't, we don't know what we're talking about. Vince McMahon knows what's best for business, right? Going against you, you, the freaking fans, but you guys will continue to freaking suck the living. You know what out of this dude, because he's, cause he's this booking God bullshit, freaking bullshit. He is just as to blame for this mess than freaking Vince McMahon. We're going to blame Vince McMahon. No question, but triple H is that much more to blame than freaking him. This is his show, giving people longer matches, you know, giving more time. That's freaking Triple H because that's all he knows how to do. Just like that's all Tony Khan knows how to do at freaking AEW. And that's that's a Triple H show for you. Outside of the bloodline, which he didn't even start. <laughs> he st- that was freaking that started when Vince McMahon was technically still head of creative. You know, even though he still got his hand in the cookie jar, I've always said that Vince McMahon has never left this freaking company. But, but yeah, that started way before Triple H even got this creative type of power. So Triple H doesn't even have that to fall back on. So what does he have? He has freaking nothing. So, so going back to Charlotte Flair, and I know this, this cold open, this was a, a really long freaking and i've ranted for pretty much what 30 almost 30 minutes now for justified reasons and we're going to get into this show in, in just a second monday night raw from last night it's just we need to read the fucking room as fans because the more we accept this shit the more we accept of people like charlotte flair and the and all these title changes where we have to just get the freaking title off of uh, off of Ronda Rousey because it was just stale and we just didn't like it, or we have to get the title off of Bianca Belair because it was just that bad. But instead of how we're getting there, how we're getting to these title matches, how we're getting to these destinations, is what matters, you know. And what doesn't help is freaking Charlotte Flair coming back once again in a freaking title picture because they know guys, if they were to put this woman in a non-title freaking feud, nobody would give a fuck, but let's put her on this pedestal because, you know, let's put her in that title picture because, you know, 
It's going to attract more eyeballs because it's a title freaking feud. Because we know if it's anything else but the title involved, Charlotte Flair is not going to draw. She's not. And that's the freaking problem. And I know how much we want to blame booking for this and, and, and for justifies, justified reasons. But at some point now, we have to point the finger at Charlotte Flair to be, how can you continue to just accept this, to accept this type of reaction? You know, this is not just, you know, we're, we're happy to boo you because, you know, you're that damn good at what you do. No, no, no. This is freaking get the fuck off of my television freaking, you know, heat. You know, we don't want to see this character. It is redundant. It is stale type of heat. That's what it is, Charlotte, Ashley Flair. And at some point, you have to look yourself into the mirror and say, is this really working? Again, I go back to Ricky Starks. How, how many, what are your quarterly hours looking like on a, on, on a SmackDown or on a Monday Night Raw in the past? I would love to freaking know. Because outside of her, you know, her... <laughs> and even her moves, her move sets, like the figure eight, that's just a knockoff of her, of her dad's freaking figure four, right? She does a freaking moonsault. Okay. That just doesn't, it, which doesn't freaking connect freaking Io Shirai's freaking even Tiffany Stratton freaking moonsault are light years ahead of Charlotte Flair. I'll watch any member on the NXT roster. I'll watch a Britt Baker match. I'll watch, I'll watch any member of NXT freaking Bianca, a freaking Sasha Banks match any day of the week before an Ashley Charlotte Flair. And that is no freaking shade. That is just the honest to God freaking truth because she does not freaking connect. The numbers, the statistics, and the metrics prove it. And at some point, we have to freaking point the finger at Charlotte to say, you need to change this because Joanna Y did it. Roman Reigns did it. And look at this fucking dude now where this dude has a character that people can connect to, that can draw in numbers. And here is Charlotte Flair, seven to eight, even 10 years later, doing the same shit. And it's doing nothing but hurting her. It's doing nothing but just diminishing the company. And it's doing nothing but diminish the freaking women's division. Oh, but don't worry about the company though, because they're making record revenue. This because it's like I, like I always say, guys, as long as they're making that money with Peacock, as long as they're making those those you know bill, you know TV deals, those Saudi deals, they don't give a shit. As long as they have that, they'll continue to praise Charlotte Flair as the golden child that she is, and they're going to continue to do this shit. But until we voice out about it, especially not just towards the company, but at this point to Charlotte Flair, to where we have to tell her and 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 speak out to say, how can you be okay with this? How can you be okay with once with for eight to for seven to eight freaking years, you have all of these titles, right? All of these title reigns on your record and none of them, none of them are relevant and none of them are fucking memorable. And that's just the truth. That was a long ass cold open. <laughs> um, but like I said, guys, and, and we're going to talk more about Charlotte Flair's, you know, she has that freaking title match coming up uh, at freaking on SmackDown in three weeks. It's funny how they're not even doing that at freaking Money in the Bank. They're just doing it on the SmackDown again. So Asuka's probably for the most part. I mean, if she's not going to lose it 
uh, on SmackDown in the middle of a SmackDown, she'll probably just freaking lose it in a, in a triple threat, in a meaningless freaking triple threat with Bianca. Oh, but Bianca's going to turn heel. Okay, so now you're going to have three heels in the freaking match because that's what the crowd is going to freaking turn on her week by the week by the week because they're going to continue to do the same agenda because no one's fucking stupid, guys. So you're going to have three fucking heels in there, and that is accomplishing what? What is it accomplishing? So, and I know Brian, once he comes back, he's going to have a lot to say about that. Um, but we'll, he will be here. Um, <laughs> he will be here. I'm sure to, to talk a lot about that, uh, in regards to this situation. So with all of that being said, let us finally get into the show. Let us not waste any more time. I'm going to try to get through the show as quickly and as just, you know, painless as I can, as, as I can do here. Um, so, and, and there's a lot that I do want to get into as well. So I'm going to dive straight into the show. Let us get into it. Monday Night Raw, June 12th, 2023, live in Wichita, Kansas. Hour number one of Monday Night Raw starts off with Rhea, Rhea Ripley. She receives her brand new WWE Women's World Championship. I actually like the title. I actually don't mind the way that it looks. However, it's just pretty much the same copy and paste knockoff version of Seth Rollins' Seth Rollins's World Heavyweight Championship. So... Yeah, and it's just, you know, it's just this this whole brand split two thing is weird. So they're taking out the SmackDown and the Raw name, and, and now you're you're adding these titles, which, I mean, which look good. I'm not saying they don't look – I mean, this white strap with this women's world title looks good. The, the world title with Seth Rollins is holding, I mean, eh, it's, it's okay. It's not it's not bad, but it's okay. Um, you know, and, and, and I can understand what, like, the, the old big – the W freaking in the middle, that ugly ass freaking W, you know, they want to promote that for, for marketing reasons. They want to promote that on a, for, for freaking, you know, for fans to wear and to, to buy it off a WWE shop and, you know, have fans buy it at a Walmart or a local freaking target. Um, but here's the thing though, guys, at this point, that's all these titles are really are. They're not prestigious at all. They're just fucking toys. So I, I, I don't know. That's just, that's just how I, how I genuinely feel at this point because of just how everything about these titles, if you're not Roman Reigns holding on to that, whatever you want to call that title right now, the the undisputed universal title, I, I don't know, whatever the fuck that title name is. So, and, and for Rhea Ripley, man, and like, listen, she, what has this done? And this is no fault to her own. Rhea Ripley has been, has done very, very well, but the machine is just not freaking behind her because guys, what has she done since she's won this title at mania? She's done absolutely nothing. She's more, she, she's more been, she has done more being freaking just Dominic's freaking lap dog or her freaking girlfriend than her actually being a legit, a, a legit threat, a legit women's champion. That's just the honest truth. Like what are we doing with Rhea Ripley? Sure. We give her this, this bright, shiny new freaking title, that actually looks decent, by the way. But, like, can we get something going with her now? Like, what are the plans for her at Money in the Bank? What are the plans for her at freaking SummerSlam? Is it Becky Lynch? I don't know. Like, what are we doing, bro? Like, what's been memorable up to this point? And, again, that's no shade to her. It's just this It's just this freaking company not, not booking her properly, unfortunately. So... So she celebrates with the title. Dominic comes out to celebrate with her. Uh, Cody Rhodes interrupts. He hits the ring. This is Cody Rhodes, and I quote, Brock Lesnar, so he goes on to say Brock Lesnar, you know, talking about Brock Lesnar. Listen, if Brock Lesnar isn't, if his music hits, if he doesn't come out, because 
he doesn't have the balls to face me again anyway. It's just, oh my God, man. It's <laughs> Brock Lesnar doesn't have the balls to face me again. The, the same Brock Lesnar that's made, that's made you his freaking bitch for the past freaking two to three months ever since you freaking lost at Mania. I mean, listen, I love freaking Cody Rhodes. I'll listen to a Cody Rhodes promo any day of the freaking week. But who is buying this shit, man? Who is buying this line that's coming out of his fucking mouth? Come on, bro. I mean, whoever's writing this shit. And I mean, I just, oh my God. But anyway, moving on, moving on. So Cody challenges Dominic for a match at Money in the Bank in London. Rhea accepts the challenge on Dominic's behalf. You know, Dominic takes a a little bit to whether he wants to accept or not. The crowd's booing him, of course, getting attracting that heel heat as he always does every week. And the Miz comes out and attacks Cody from behind. Cody just lays out the Miz. Dominic applies a, a hit and run. So he hits freaking Cody from behind and runs off up the rampway alongside Rhea Ripley. And that's about it. So before I get into this match, as this ma- the next match was, a, was Cody Rhodes versus the Miz. If that's not going to freaking attract fans and getting to, you know, allowing your company to compete with the NBA finals, shit, I don't know what else is. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. But anyway, we're, we're going to get to that. This first segment sucked. Um, I'm not saying that to just be mean. I'm not just saying that just to get a reaction out of people. I legit mean this shit. This freaking, th- this shit was horrible. Um, this is legit the same freaking segment as last week. Freaking Dominic just comes out there. They say a bunch of words to each other. Freaking Dominic hits or slaps freaking Cody and runs off. It's the same shit we saw last week in the third hour which I didn't mind. And actually, to be quite honest with you, because obviously we know at some point that this is going to lead to Brock and Cody at SummerSlam. Uh, they they want to push that all the way to SummerSlam. We know that that's coming. So, and I said this last week, if they're going to, if they're going to give us a filler type of a match, which is Dominic and Cody Rhodes, hell, I'm all for it. But, it, but this was legit. N- nothing, nothing got better from last week. It's the same, it's the same shtick. I mean, guys, don't take my word for it. Go back and watch this segment and go back and watch last week. It's the same segment. So, but like I said, I will take this freaking, I'll take a filler type of feud with Cody and Dominic over freaking Brock and Cody any freaking day. A, 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 a freaking rubber match between freaking Brock and Cody because there's somewhat of legit substance outside of Cody and Brock. You know, just, just want to point that out there as well. So, so this, so the next segment, uh, this leads into a match. So the Miz, he attacks, you know, he attacked Cody from, from the last segment. He lays him out and then Dominic and freaking Rio run up the rampway. So just a weird, same kind of lackluster segment as we saw last week. And then we get into our first match, which was Cody Rhodes versus the Miz match time was legit over 10 minutes, guys. Cody Rhodes wins this match via Cody cutter and a cross Rhodes for the W. So, and, and that's it. And I think he's, I think Cody Rhodes also had a, a backstage uh, interview about, you know, finishing the story and all, and all that stuff. And yeah, man. So, so, but here's the thing too, with, and this is why I can't stand booking in this company with the Miz, right? The Miz has pretty much just been jobbing out as of late. He's just been a comedic freaking, he, he's been a comedic freaking act, right? People just, he's been 
you know, he's in these funny, embarrassing type of freaking, you know, segments or whatever, whoever he is with, right? And now he's going 10 plus minutes with, with Cody Rhodes, bro. But like, again, bro, if you want to book The Miz to go toe-to-toe with somebody that's you're a top baby face of your company that's freaking that, that's freaking Cody Rhodes. Can could we continue to 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 book the Miz as such? And I understand the Miz has the reputation. He you know he's a, a what a two time Grand Slam champion. Okay, but again, I mean at, by the time it's 2024, everybody's gonna be a Grand Slam champion because again these titles are not prestigious. They're just fucking toys. That that's all these freaking titles are. There's no prestigious behind them at all. Um. So, so yeah. So, I mean, if the Miz, it's just, I don't know what this company is doing with the Miz. They want to make him look like a, you know, take, you know, being these embarrassing comedic shticks. And then there's times where they want fans to take him seriously going 10 plus minutes with Cody Rhodes. Like what, which, which is it? And it's so, and here's the thing too. Like we just saw how many times have we've now seen the Miz versus freaking Cody. Wasn't the Miz his first, wasn't Cody Rhodes' first opponent since he's gotten back, um, since he's came back to WWE, was The Miz? And they faced each other in the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. So it's not like we haven't seen the, these two in the ring every other freaking week, bro. So in order to get to a Dominic freaking Cody Rhodes feud, you give me Cody going, having to go 10 plus minutes with the fucking Miz? who's been jobbing out almost every fucking week. Give me a fucking break, dude. What are we fucking doing? I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous, bro. Um, so yeah, Cody Rhodes cuts his, he, he cuts his freaking promo backstage about finishing the story and how, you know, trying to make sense of why he didn't win the title at mania. And just, it's just a mess, man. It is a complete fucking mess. Um, up next is Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch, her, her music hits and she enters the ring. She talks the money in the bank ladder match about, you know, being hungry for power, trying to, you know, hype herself up of winning that briefcase, um, in a couple weeks in London, um, you know, talks about Trish Stratus and her insurance policy. That is Zoe Starks and Zoe Starks interrupts, um, you know, she interrupts, she's on the stage. Um, they have actually have a decent little back and forth. There was a point in the segment where Zoe Starks just like just started screaming just out of the blue. And I was like, that kind of really made me cringe. Um, but after that, man, she actually Zoe Starks was actually, you know, she 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 actually done a decent job. She she delivered and she actually delivered this line very well. She goes on to say, You became relevant from someone breaking your face. <laughs> The is the way. Listen, I know, like you, when I say that line, it's just like James. Like, what's so special about that? It was just the way that she delivered it. I thought was done very well, especially screaming into the microphone so randomly and so cringeworthy. Um, she kind of made up for that, which was which was solid on her part. Gigi Dolan over on NXT did the same, kind of did the same thing in, in a in a uh, in, what was it a, a segment with uh, with JC Jane, um, you know. I think it was I think it was that segment where they made that weaponized steel cage match official and she kind of said the same way like you know I'm going to break your face. <laughs> Again it's just the way she said you could tell that she's feeling herself and all that stuff you the believability is there so I like that shit man. Uh freaking freaking Becky Lynch starts talking about she says Starks is just lacking personality. 
Uh, that's why freaking Zoe Stark's just gone ballistic and freaking screaming into the microphone. Um, you know, Zoe Stark, she's telling the crowd to shut up. You could tell the believability in her voice. Freaking love that shit, man. So Zoe Stark's really, she, she really started to adjust and she regained her composure in the promo because it started off very cringeworthy with the whole screaming and everything. But she adjusted very well. And, you know, she's telling the crowd to shut up. You could tell the believability in her voice. The way she delivered that break your face freaking <laughs> freaking line was freaking solid. Um, you know, both women exchange more words. Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville, they come out. They say some words interrupting Starks. And Becky Lynch is like, all right, enough's, enough said. Let's just go and fight this. Like, enough. I'm tired of hearing you guys talk. You know, freaking, um, I think Becky Lynch sent something along the lines about um he's like let's he's like <laughs> he's like zoe starks you may want to watch again this is just you know speaking hypothetically or she says something like you know hey why don't you go ahead and stay for a bit i'll show you how how relevant i am or something like that or whatever i i forgot what the line was i don't have it written down but she said some type of smart ass comment to zoe starks i thought that was kind of funny um like i said man i've always liked becky lynch um i'm not a huge fan of her but there's times where she'll deliver a promo and it's damn solid. But then there's times where she'll cut a promo and it's just just gone completely off the rails. And there's just that inconsistency with her at times where I can't fully be on board with being a legit like on the on the bandwagon. You guys know what I'm saying? So that, that's 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 just all it is for Becky. Tremendous performer. It's just that aspect in her game and just being inconsistent at times just kind of just throws me for a loop. But so Becky Lynch, she's in a match with Chelsea Green. Match time was under five minutes in length. Zoe Starks is watching from the ramp. She's standing on one of the ladders that's, you know, being placed on the stage. She's like watching from the top of the of one of the ladders. Uh, Becky Lynch goes for a manhandle slam. Chelsea Green counters a roll counters with a roll up. Uh, Becky Lynch, of course, kicks out. Becky Lynch wins this match via the disarm her submission as Chelsea Green taps out instantly as Becky Lynch post-match just stares freaking menacingly at Zoe Starks from the stage. And that is it. Um, because that's all that WWE knows how to do. Let's just have a stare down from the ring to the stage and just have this awkward stare down. And we just cut to backstage or commercial, whatever the fuck. It's just like, you know, I just can't stand, and I'm going to get further into the show in just a second here. I can't stand when WWE pulls this shit where, you know, they had a cool little back and forth with Zoe Starks outside of the screaming, like I mentioned. And it's like their creative juices just run out and just like, oh, let's just have them stare at one another. Like, I can understand, like, because I could see, like, the the picture that they're trying to paint, Right. Freaking Zoe Stark, she's watching from the top of the ladder, kind of like a preview of what could happen. She can climb up that ladder and win that briefcase. And then freaking Becky Lynch is like, oh, just wait, I'm going to get you. Freaking, well, why don't you just go out the fucking ring and just whip her fucking ass then? Like, why? I can understand if this was like a, like a Candice LeRae or a Katana Chance or something, a character similar to like, okay, don't like, my time's going to come. Like, you know, so... You know, keep talking your shit, but you know she's one of those characters to be like, you know, just wait because I'm gonna I'm gonna get my shot and your time is coming, right? Like that that would be one thing, right? But that this is this is Becky Lynch. She's supposed to be the mon. She talks the talk and she walks the walk. She whips your freaking ass any given day of the week. Why is she just freaking? She just stares at freaking 
freaking Zoe Starks who's talking all this shit from on top of a ladder from the stage. It's just like, and we just cut to freaking, we just cut the backstage. And I'm like, that's the best you fucking got. I just, I don't, especially when you're trying to build a future, ma- uh, I'm guessing a SummerSlam rematch between Becky Lynch and Trish moving, you know, in, in the next, in the next couple of weeks in the foreseeable future. So just saying, man, you, you might've liked this or whatever the fuck this was, but, and like I said, the, the seg, the, the back and forth was fine. It was nothing special, but it was fine for what it was. But man, we can do so much better, bro. This is what I mean about not lowering our fucking standards. Just raise them up a bit once in a while. Maybe we could be getting a good product, bro. Just think about it, man. Just just think about it. Up next, the Judgment Day is backstage. Uh, Finn Balor, the whole gang is back there. Finn Balor is like slightly distancing himself um, from the rest of the group as, you know, you know Priest, Dom, Rhea, they're hyping themselves up. Dominic, they're all trying to hype themselves up for their upcoming match or whatever, accepting the challenge to face Cody. You know, Damien's trying to hype himself up about Riddle. And he says along the lines of, he's like, you know, well, Finn Balor, he goes on to say, like, Rhea Ripley's like, you know, trying to make sure that Finn's okay because he's kind of like kind of distancing himself a little bit. And he's like, he's like, I've just got a lot on my mind. And freaking Damien Priest says something along the lines of that he he's going to defeat Matt Riddle alone and he kind of gives Damian Priest like a look as he walks away so I'm gonna get to that in just a second because I know there's been a lot of talk in regards to the judgment day and where that's leading to is there a potential split here but I'm gonna get more into that once we get later or once we get further into the show here so our number two starts off with Damian Priest versus Matt Riddle in a money in the bank qualifying match um, did not time this match, but I'm pretty sure this match had to go well over 10, maybe even close to 15 minutes. Um, I mean, a damn solid match. It was a decent match. It was no, no more, nothing more, nothing less, to be honest with you. Um, you know, Damien Priest goes for a razor's edge. Matt Riddle then hits a fisherman superplex from the top rope. Damien Priest kicks out. Uh, Damien Priest sidesteps the floating bro from the top rope and Damien Priest wins via the razor's edge for the w um a nice you know i like i like the fact that damien Pri- i think that razor's edge definitely f- that finisher definitely or that signature move whatever you want to call that for priest definitely fits the character for freaking damien priest so and i like how they're calling it the razor's edge it kind of just gives me like razor ramon freaking old school type of vibes from back in the day um i know i'm too <laughs> i know i'm a youngin' to remember that but trust me guys i go back and watch some of the old stuff Every now and then, when I have the time to, I know Razor Ramon, I know his shtick, man. So to see the to, to to see that type of stuff, like the Razor's Edge, and Priest delivers it very beautifully. Um, it's just really really cool to see. So Damian Priest had to win this freaking match. He's in there with Matt Riddle, which I mean, I, for a Money in the Bank qualifying match. I mean, listen, for, before I get to Matt Riddle. And this post-match segment here. I mean, Damian Priest had to freaking win a match at some... I mean, this dude has lost now what? I said this last week. He lost the World Heavyweight title match last week. He's lost to Bad Bunny. He lost in the... Shoot, he lost in the tournament for that World Heavyweight Championship. So they need to really start getting Damian Priest going. Hopefully, this is the start of it. And what's, I'm guessing, a babyface run? Ugh. But again, we're going to get to that later on. Um, so post-match, and this is where I get to Matt Riddle. So post-match, Gunther and Kaiser walk down the ramp. 
Uh, Damien Priest meets them halfway and says, pick the bones. He's like, listen, man, I was like, I, I did what I had to do. You know, it seems like you, you, you know, you, you got, you got something on your mind. You, you want something you want, you're trying to accomplish something here. Go ahead and pick the bones. Like, just go ahead. It's, it's all yours. He's all yours. Um, so, and that's what they do, man. Gunther and Kaiser just viciously assault Matt Riddle and Gunther and Kaiser are both standing tall. So see, this is what I finally, man. So I, and the reason why I, I, I like this is because finally we get heels looking like or feeling like freaking heels, feeling like badasses. There's so many times, especially in a heel or a faction, whatever you want to call it, there's a beatdown. And every single time there's just got to be a baby face. Now, there's a there's a time and a place where that needs to happen. Sure. But at some point, man, like just let the segment breathe. Let the freaking heels attract the heat, man. Let freaking have fans connect with the heel to want to hate them for justified reasons, right? That's that's all it is, bro. Um, so I like that. Freaking Gunther feels like a legit threat. Um, but once we get to the main event, oh boy, I got a lot to say in regards to that. But as of this moment, man, from, from this segment, I like it. I, I, I like it. James, you're talking positive about a Monday Night Raw segment. Yeah, it was very simplistic. Was it anything special? No. Um, but did it make Gunther look like an actual badass for freaking once? Hell yeah, it did. You know, I mean, because I mean, let's be honest, guys. Freaking Gunther has been freaking, he, he's going 10, almost 10 plus minutes with Mustafa Ali, where now Mustafa Ali is just, you know, he's hanging around with the NXT developmental freaking roster. Again, that's Triple H's words, not mine. You know, and he's 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 coming back to the main roster and losing in less than freaking not even what, you know, three to freaking four minutes. But yet for Gunther, it's taking him almost 10 freaking minutes. So even though, yeah, he's 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 holding the title, he's holding it on very, you know, he's got this long lengthy title reign. That's great for him. That's awesome. But at some point, man, we got to make Gunther feel as such. You know, you, it's like you don't just throw a title on somebody just to throw a title on somebody to just shut fans up. You got to make this dude feel as such. And finally, they made they did that in this post-match segment with with Matt Riddle. And in regards to Matt Riddle, it's just it sucks that be, I mean, because because here's the thing, too, because this is where, you know, I, I can't really praise this as much as I want to praise it because. Matt Riddle's in there. He's, he's most likely going to get an Intercontinental Championship opportunity. And yet here he is losing. Even though I can't stand this freaking character, especially this, you know, this 420 shit. I actually, I like the fact when he gets serious, right? That's, that's when I get really captivated by Matt Riddle. That's when he actually delivers good shit, man. Um, but when he does that whole 420 bro shit, I, it just completely turns me the fuck off. But he's going to get a championship opportunity you would think for the in the in whether it's money in the bank or SummerSlam or whatever, you would think you would want to at least you know put Matt Riddle and and give him some from some momentum or something. So that's what I mean with Damian Priest and Matt Riddle. Maybe not be the best decision to put these two in the middle of the ring, two people that need a freaking W. So just saying. But outside of that, um, solid match for what it was. Nothing more, nothing less. Post match. Finally, Gunther and Imperium. Uh, Vinci was not there because he's selling an injury. Um, I believe it was from last week's attack from Matt Riddle, whatever. So finally, Gunther for freaking once in a segment is actually feeling as such. 
for fucking once, man, finally. That doesn't have to deal with the match. Even sometimes the matches make him don't even make him look that freaking dominant, to be honest with you. Just like I was saying about Mustafa Ali. He's in there for a guy that's been treated like a jobber for freaking months and years, and he's he he can't even put him away for it's it's taking him ten almost ten plus minutes to put this dude away. Come on, bro. It's just it's ridiculous. Oh, but but it's to pump up Mustafa Ali. What is it pumping up? He's going back over to NXT and then he's coming back to the main roster to lose in two to three minutes. I I just I, I don't know the, the logic in some fucking people just drives me nuts. Anyway, moving on. Up next we have Ricochet versus Bronson Reed. Why? 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 Ricochet versus Bronson Reed. Why? This is the same match that we saw back on May 22nd. The same freaking match. So this is what we're doing. We're throwing freaking uh, Bronson Reed, Ricochet, and Shinsuke. All three of these individuals in matches, whether it's freaking triple threat, whether it's freaking singles matches. They might add a fourth person to have a freaking tag. Who the fuck knows? But that's what we're doing. Shinsuke Nakamura makes his way down the ramp. Um, freaking watches the match from ringside. Reed throws Ricochet into Nakamura in this match. So there was, you know, they're on the outside. He chucks freaking Ricochet into Nakamura, who's watching the match from ringside. Nakamura gets involved. He attacks freaking Bronson Reed to force a disqualification. Ricochet's unhappy with Nakamura. Oh, why'd you do that, man? I had him, bro. What are you doing? What's that? What the fuck? <laughs> right? Uh, Bronson Reed lays out both men. However, Ricochet and Nakamura gain the upper hand. They deliver a double suplex from the top rope to take out Bronson Reed. And guys, we get a holy shit chant. Now, I have to go back and watch this because I don't know if this was a legit holy shit chant. I mean, it was blocked off from <laughs> the chant. The chant was censored out. But I, I what was holy shit about about a double suplex? We've seen these in matches. I've seen Seth Rollins hit a suplex into a Falcon Arrow about 10,000 fucking times. What? Why? Because it's a because it's big Bronson Reed. It's two dudes suplexing a big monster. A, that that's Bronson Reed. Like what? What the fuck? What? What was holy shit? I mean, if this was holy shit moment, then what was what? What was Undertaker tossing Mick Foley off the steel cage? Right. What? What was freaking? What? What? What was freaking Bray Wyatt when he when he debuted as the Fiend? I, I just I, I don't understand it. What? What was freaking? Like all these moments, bro. Like freaking Edge spearing Jeff Hardy off of a, off of a ladder, off of the freaking, uh, you know, off the title. It was a ladder match for or the Money in the Bank briefcase and years ago at WrestleMania. Like, I I don't understand, bro. Like, what's holy shit about this, right? Anything that the Bloodline has done over the past several months, I'll go I'll go as far to say that. What is holy shit? Now, is this, I don't, I mean, it didn't really sound piped into me, but I'll have to go back and watch that. But I'm like, Wichita, the fuck you doing, bro? <laughs> Wichita, Kansas, man. Come on, man. What, what what are we doing? But so backstage, Nakamura and Ricochet are backstage. You know, uh, Nakamura says, listen, you can have Bronson once I'm done with him. So are we, are we just pumping these dudes up for, for, for money in the bank. Cause if this is the way we're pumping up and pumping them up to, to the pay-per-view, then my fucking God, do we have a problem? I mean, I could not give a single, a single flying fuck about this man. It's, it's, it's Bronson Reed and Ricochet 
a match that we that we saw freaking how long ago? Uh, like a, like several weeks ago? I, I don't understand. Like this company just expects you to, to just forget, right? Because these freaking moments are that irrelevant. So, and that's what they're probably banking on. <laughs> they're probably banking on you to the point where they're going to make a match or a segment that irrelevant. So to where they can make the excuse to say, Oh, let's do it again because they're not going to remember because it was that freaking bad. Um, but, but yeah, this was like, not even, it was two weeks ago. They, they had this match. So what the fuck are we doing? Just doesn't make any fucking sense. Just some redundant bullshit that I just cannot fucking stand. That's a waste of my time. Moving on. Moving on into the third hour. Uh, Finn, oh boy, this is, this is really going to be something. Finn Balor's music hits. He enters the ring. He calls out Seth Rollins. Calls out Seth Rollins to the ring. Seth Rollins' music hits. He enters the ring. The fans are singing his song. You know, Finn Balor's trying to talk over them. Guys, the, the crowd is singing for legit. I timed this too. Over five fucking minutes, they were, they were singing this fucking song. I, I, and here's the thing too. As much as I want to get on this freaking song and how much it is so nauseating to the point where I, I want to legit fucking vomit. I want to slam my head through this freaking wall. <laughs> Man, I was just waiting for Finn Balor to just, to just shut it down, bro. Like just... Cut your promo. Say what you got to say. I think he kept saying along the lines of, I've been waiting seven years to tell you this, Seth. I've been waiting seven years. And the crowd keeps just freaking talking over him. And he just keeps letting them fucking do it. It's just like, dude, just just talk over them. They will shut up. Just talk over them, bro. Even Seth Rollins was getting annoyed. Like, okay, dude, like, what is it about seven years that you want to say to me, dude? Like, spit it out. Like, what is it? I mean, I think even Seth Rollins was getting freaking annoyed. It's just like, dude, you got the microphone, dude. Like, talk over them, bro. So that was kind of freaking frustrating the hell out of me. Because all I'm just hearing is this nauseating, redundant fucking, this fucking, sim this harmonizing of this fucking theme song. It's just like enough, man. I I've I've been sick, sick of it since day one, and I am still fucking sick of it. Um, But yeah, man, just really, just... God, man, it was fucking horrendous. It just ruined, it just kind of turned me off the entire, it just kind of pretty much ruined the segment for me. Cause like, listen, I'll, cause I was going into this saying, look, even though this was a rematch, I harped about that last week. This was pretty much a, a rematch that we saw in the tournament for this said title. We've seen them many times in the past compete, even for the United States championship. It's no freaking different. You know, the, you know, they, they want to also latch on to the universal title years ago and that's fine. And that's what they try to do. But this fucking song, it's just like, oh my fucking God, dude, just, it's just, man, I, I, I mean, I don't know if it's me, but I mean, at some point, man, we like, it's cool for like a couple of seconds, but after several minutes, it's just like, dude, enough. <laughs> Like, shut the fuck up. Golly. So finally, finally, Finn Balor starts cutting his promo. And listen, he talks about, you know, you know, pretty much he took everything from him. You know, you took my momentum. I'm supposed to be where you're supposed to be at right now because, you know, he's, you know, about, you know, the whole injury from the universal title. He won the title. He had to relinquish it, blah, 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 all that stuff. 
Um, he's like, listen, you took everything away from me and I'm going to take everything away from you as he challenges Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank for the world title. So Seth Rollins, he starts laughing. He starts doing his shtick and everything. You know, and he says, this is the Finn Balor that I have been wanting to see over the last seven years. He says, however, one of us got bitter and one of us got better. So as he accepts Finn Balor's challenge, and then he asks Finn Balor, he's like, listen, man, like, am, am, you know, what version of Finn Balor am I going to get? You know, am I going to get this version of, of Finn Balor? Because that ain't going to cut it, bro. Like that, this is not going to cut it. However, or am I going to get the Finn Balor that I faced seven years ago, that's freaking arm, his shoulder was detached from his body. Are we going to get that? Or are we just going to get the seven, the same freaking Finn Balor over the past several years coming out here complaining or looking like a little bitch <laughs> as Seth Rollins freaking walks off. And you can and Finn Balor was just like, you can hear like him mouthing the words or something along those lines. Like, did he just call me a little bitch? <laughs> Fucking, it was actually really funny. Got a pop out of me just reading his lips. And I was, that was just kind of funny. Um, so yeah, so Seth Rollins walks off, man. Um, but here's the thing, man, I'm not going to praise this segment, even though there was some, there was you no, know, finally they got the fucking, the segment going after hearing that nauseating sympathy of the, of the theme. But, but that, but that's it, man. Like this, this re, this ridiculous freaking harmonizing the theme song just overshadowed of what maybe could have been a decent segment. You know, would it, would it change of how I feel about this, this rematch, this for this world title debatable. But still, man, we got to fucking stop with this shit because at some point, man, I mean, this is just going if to, it, if it isn't already, it's going to get fucking stale by the day and by the freaking week. And it's enough, man. It's just like, cause, and I, and I'm going to say this to the freaking cows come home, right? As much as I respect and like Seth and Seth is talented. He is a tremendous talent. I agree. But this character, bro, is not it. It just does nothing but confuse the fuck out of people, especially casual fans to where he comes out, he, he, he does the, you know, with the fun, you know, like taking a shtick out of Finn Balor from last week. You know, you got the funny clothes, the funny laugh, the funny dance, like he's this Joker type of heel character, but yet he's supposed to be a baby face type of, of persona. And then you get, you get some of those baby face type of promos from Seth that we've seen in the past where he was the intercontinental champion. I thought that was one of, I thought that one of those versions of Seth shits all over this fucking character. I'm just being honest with you. Um, so it's just like, what is this character? <laughs> Nobody knows it's, it's anti hero. And like, what are we fucking doing with this character? Um, so that I, that's just why I can't get on board and he's going to have another open challenge. It's no different from what he was doing from the, from when he was holding the United States championship not too long ago, all these open challenges, he was doing the same shtick. And, and now, and we're just doing again with the world title with it, with a more prestigious title. Um, and I get it guys, you know, the concept is to, you know, to be the workhorse, to be the workhorse champion. Well, newsflash that, that workhorse freaking title is for the, is for the intercontinental championship. It's always been that way. So to now use that as the world championship, as the shtick just is so is weird and it's, it makes no fucking sense. So, so all I can say in regards to the segment, like 
you know, enough of this fucking theme song, man. I've had enough. I've I've had enough of it since day one. I wish Finn Balor could have freaking talked over it, bro. Like you have the microphone in your hand. Like just talk over them, like scream into the microphone, cut that shit off. Like, and you just let them fucking do it. It's like, come on, man. You, I mean, even Seth, like I mentioned earlier, was getting sick of it. He was starting to get perturbed. He's like, all right, dude, we're, we're on a, we're on a time here. Like you say your fucking shtick. And like, cause we got to, we're, we're on a time here. Like, come on, like spit it out. Like what, 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 what do you want? You know, just turn, it just turned off everything. It was just a major fucking turn off. So the match is official for Money in the Bank. Obviously, Finn Balor is not going to win this title. Um, I guess is this going to lead to a shtick with Damian Priest because of what Judgment Day has going on? I don't know. Why does Finn Balor need to take another fucking loss to a pay-per-view that hardly has any fucking build? I don't know. Maybe I'm just using too much logic and common sense, but... Who, who the fuck knows, man? It's just just weird and just does not excite me in the slightest. So, Raquel Rodriguez versus Shayna Baszler. Match time was two minutes. Ronda Rousey gets involved. Shayna Baszler wins this match via the awe-inspiring, ultra-devastating roll-up finish once again. However, an assist from Ronda Rousey. So then there's going to be fucking fans that are going to defend it and just be like, oh, he put, he, he, Ronda Rousey hold the feet though, James. It's cheatery and blah, 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 which I highly doubt people are defending anyway because people can't even stand freaking Ronda and Shayna to begin with. And I've spoken about that in regards to where, you know, I mean, there's a place for Ronda and Shayna to be a duo. Should they be holding titles? Absolutely not. But guys, this is Raquel Rodriguez, right? She does the freaking, this is what's weird, right? She gets, she, she can't lift her shoulders, even with Ronda Rousey holding her feet or, or whatever, or, or assisting Shayna of holding her feet. Excuse me. Like Shayna's rolling up Rodriguez and freaking Ronda Rousey's holding freaking Shayna Baszler's legs as leverage. However, like it's funny because she can't get her shoulder up, but yet she flexes about her back muscles. But yet she's still like this big, strong Raquel. She can't freaking, she just can't get that shoulder just a centimeter off the mat. And guys, this was a two minute match. So it's not like she's tired. It's not like she's fatigued. So what the fuck are we doing? I, I just, I mean, talk about not giving a single fuck about your women's division. You know, it, it's just, it, it's just fucking, it, it's just mind numbing. It's fucking nine. It's mind numbing. This is why guys, this is why no one gives a fuck about this women's division because you have two women go out there and just have TV time for legit three minutes in total. The match time was about two minutes and in total in length, maybe it was, a, it was three minutes, maybe a little over three minutes. That was it. This is why nobody gives a fuck about Raquel, especially about you know, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler and holding onto these titles. Nobody fucking cares. And people are fucking sick of it. So just done, just fucking done with it. I'm moving on because the more I speak about that, the more I'm just going to get freaking irritated. Freaking Raquel just can't get her freaking shoulder off, off the goddamn earth in a two minute match. So up next, Chad Gable versus Eric from the Viking Raiders. Match time was under two minutes, right? So you get a two minute match with the women. And now with Chad Gable and freaking Eric, 
you get a two-minute freaking match here. Match time. So, yeah. So, Maxine applies an arm lock takedown from, from, from Valhalla. Um, Valhalla was staring menacingly at freaking Maxine. She, she approaches Maxine. She's, she's rushing towards her. Maxine freaking, you know, takes her down with an arm, with an arm lock takedown. Um, you know, backstage, they were like doing these, the, even on social media, they were like, you know, doing shticks of like trying to teach Maxine how to wrestle, I guess, and do all these cool move sets and whatever. Um, so yeah. And then Gable wins via the freaking roll up. So, so even a fuck. So this is listen, guys, I'm going to repeat that. Chad Gable rolls up Eric from the, the Viking Raiders. Eric, mind you, is rolled up by fucking Chad Gable. Now, you guys know, we freaking love Chad Gable. Chad Gable is damn awesome. There is something, you know, we've, we've, we've spoken highly for justified reasons. We are an advocate for Chad Gable as well as the Alpha Academy. And it is great to see Chad Gable get a W. Oh, thank you, right? Thank you for giving this dude a freaking W. But why in the actual fuck is Eric from the Viking Raiders getting rolled up freaking by 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 chad gable that's half of his freaking size in under two minutes make it make sense what big old eric this viking is getting rolled up in under two minutes by fucking chad gable that's no shade to chad gable much love to chad glad he's getting a w but tell me you don't give a shit about the viking raiders without telling me you don't give a single shit because this is just fucking lazy and it's fucking ridiculous. How we just continue to make the Viking Raiders by the week and by the day just like fucking idiots. I, I mean, what goes through Triple H, Paul Levesque, freaking sh with his big fucking nose and all, freaking say, Eric getting rolled up in under two minutes by Chad Gable? Yeah, that's believable. Come on, man enough make it make it make sense bro and do it in a way where it doesn't make eric look like a fucking geek for once or the viking raiders as a whole dude i mean yeah i mean listen always oh, but james you always you want to see chad gable rack up w's yes i yes absolutely but but we also have to think of people like eric taking these losses and how it's hurting them in the process it's 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 fucking booking and wrestling 101, dude. It's doing nothing but diminish the Viking Raiders. Yeah, great for Chad Gable. I mean, it really does. I mean, okay, gets a W, great. And again, freaking love that he's getting Ws, bro. But again, it's a two minute match that nobody's gonna fucking remember and nobody's gonna go back and freaking watch. So they're gonna continue this shtick. And yeah, I, I just don't even know. I really don't. Mo moving on, because I'm about to get a fucking migraine by the second. Um, what what's next up here? We have JD McDonough and Finn Balor talking backstage, and then Priest interrupts, and you can look the look on Damian Priest's face kind of tells it all. Is like, dude, like, why are you talking to JD McDonough behind my back? Like, what what's 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 going on here? Um, so yeah, so they kind of like hype each other. Listen, you know, I'm happy for you that you've got this title opportunity. This is Damien talking to, you know, to Finn Balor, but make sure you freaking end this. You walk out of London with that world heavyweight championship. 
um, kind of like, like a demand, you know, like you better freaking, you better freaking win this freaking title because I'm sure after what he just ran into with JD McDonough, you know, you know, Damian priest is like starting to kind of lose a little bit of patience with Finn Balor a little bit here. So look, before I get into this main event here, um, Listen, I spoke heavily about this last week, about this Judgment Day split, especially the way that they're going with this. I do not like it at all. This screams just the red flags about how J.D. McDonough, you're telling me, is going to be the replacement for Damian Priest. I mean, it's clear as day. Damian Priest is going to develop this babyface character. It seems like that that's what it's leading to, at least for for whenever that time is. And the replacement is going to be JD McDonough. What the fuck? <laughs> that, so little old JD McDonough is going to replace big, bad freaking Damien priest that has been doing tremendous shit in this group. And now we go from that to JD McDonough. Like, what are we doing? If you want to do some shtick with the Judgment Day, if you want to develop a plan to break up the, the faction, that's fine. But you do that in, re, in, in, in taking out Damian Priest and replacing it with J.D. McDonough? What the fuck, man? I, I mean, Jesus, Jesus Christ. I mean, this is, this is just weird. Listen, I'll give it a chance to see where this goes. But if you're telling me that J.D. McDonough is going to be the replacement for Damian Priest, then, my God, we do we have a problem. Um, holy shit. So, and, and nor does Damian Priest, to be honest, as of right now, nor does Damian Priest need to be turning babyface. You know, he's doing his shtick well with as a heel. You know, he, is he on it? You know, he's... He's on his way, right, to being a top star. You can tell that they're very high on the dude. You know, they're, they're, they, they put him, they, they gave him a lot of TV time in regards to his situation with, with him and Finn Balor early on in the night and with this segment. So clearly they see something in this dude and they want to push this dude. They want to put him into a babyface role. But man, like this dude still has so much more to offer before he turns back into that babyface character, bro. You know, it's just... I just, I just hope they just do it properly, man. If you want to break up the Judgment Day, fine, but, but JD McDonough, bro. I even said this dude, like I see nothing in this fucking dude. Maybe the Judgment Day works out well for him. I hope so. We'll, we'll see. I'm, 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 I'm hoping that he does well. I, I hope that changes in my perception about him. But right now, dude, I see nothing in him. I just see another journeyman run-of-the-muck type of fucking wrestler. That's all I say. Nothing that's captivating. Nothing special about him. He's just another good technical wrestler. That's it. I, I don't care if that makes people pissed off. That's just the honest truth, bro. That's just, I'm just being honest, right? This is not me just shitting on, you know, just, just shitting on him just to shit on him. This is not me to get a reaction from fans. This is not me to try to get a few clicks. No. This is genuinely, this is me genuinely how I feel in regards to the Judgment Day, in regards to J.D. McDonough being, being the replacement for Damian Priest. It's fucking weird. And with all that being said, let us move on to the main event. So early on in the night, um, 
Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn were backstage with Gunther and Kaiser. They exchanged a few words. Kevin Owens is still like having a temper tantrum backstage. He's doing this temper tantrum thing where he can't control his anger or whatever. I, I don't know where that's going there. It's kind of just weird. It's just very like, I don't want to say forced because forced is another word that's used a lot in the wrestling community, but just very odd. And it sets up a match and it also sets up the fact that now that this tag match involves uh, the tag titles being on the line. So it's Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser. Sounds familiar? It fucking should. Because once again, guys, we have seen Imperium and we have seen Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, whether it's singles action, whether it's freaking tag team action, we have seen these fucking dudes in the same ring at the same time for fucking weeks. It is not a story. It does not get anybody excited. It is fucking redundancy. You know, I'm not get like, you know, it's just, it's ridiculous how we just continue to do the same fucking bullshit every week. You know, we got Gunther versus Kevin Owens, a damn solid match. I praised that last week. And now you're getting these same two dudes now in a tag match. <laughs> it's nothing different. It's just being fucking lazy, you know? It's just my, my fucking God, man. I'm just enough. Anyway, getting into this match here. So um, match time from bell to bell was 12 minutes. Gunther delivers vicious clotheslines to Zayn, man. I got to say, the way that Gunther delivers his clotheslines, man, freaking epic, dude. You can hear the thud and everything. Props to Sami Zayn for selling as well. Freaking takes two to tango, like I always say as well. Um, Kevin Owens breaks up the pinfall after the Imperium bomb delivered by Gunther and Kaiser Riddle then enters the scene. You know, he's trying to walk down the ramp. He's being held back by officials. He's going after Gunther after laying him out early on in the night. Gunther then drops freaking Riddle where he stood, you know, meeting him halfway at the, at the, at the rampway. Kevin Owens drops Gunther with a DDT onto the floor on the stage. And Sami Zayn wins this match via a blue thunder bomb to Ludwig Kaiser, and that's your show. Your tag champs celebrate with their hard-earned title victory as Monday Night Raw goes off the air. However, we do get news that Logan Paul is freaking returning next week. Wow! I can't control my excitement. <laughs> and listen, like, and I like Logan Paul. I think Logan Paul has done tremendous stuff, and I, I've, I respect the hell out of the dude and what he's been what he's been able to produce in this industry, but we're going off the air by telling their fans, Oh, Lo Logan Paul is, is, is going to be appearing next week. Good night, everybody. Are, are, are you, are you fucking kidding me? That, that's, that's what, what is getting me that much more excited about money in the bank guys? What is making me want to go back and watch any of these segments? I'll tell you what zero. Fucking none, because it is the same lazy, lackluster shit every single freaking week. You know, you had Gunther and freaking, you know, and Gunther takes a freaking meaningless freaking loss. Oh, but James, he didn't get pinned. I don't give a fuck, bro. He fucking lost. You had him look like a freaking beast beating up freaking Matt Riddle. And now he's losing a match, retreating up the freaking rampway as your tag champs freaking retain. What the fuck are we doing with Gunther? I, I mean, one night, I mean, one in one spot, he's looking dominant. Now he's losing a freaking tag match. 
He's he's going 10 plus minutes with a jobber and freaking Mustafa Ali. He's not in anything memorable in regards to his intercontinental title. What the fuck, man? I, I mean, he has looked beyond average. I can't even really say that he's freaking he he looks like a joke because I mean, I mean, listen, he there, He's got the title. He's holding on it for long. So I can't really lash out and, and be and make an ignorant comment and say that he's a clown, but he looks fucking average. He's holding a title and he's going 10 plus minutes with these, these other wrestlers that have been jobbers for months and years. And he's losing in tag matches. It's just like, he's running away. He's retreating up the rampway. It's just like, what are we doing with this fucking guy, bro? This is supposed to be big, badass fucking Gunther, the ring general. Like, can you not make the, can you not give this dude consistent fucking momentum, bro? We got to continue to make this dude look like a fucking, an average schmuck, an average Joe Schmo. What are we doing? Because that's, that's how he's being perceived as such. And, and we get these, and, and we get Imperium versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. For what? We saw you just take out Gunther or, or take out Vinci and place Gunther. It's the same match that we had several weeks ago, maybe well over a month ago. I, I just, I don't understand it, bro. What the fuck we're doing? And now, oh, no, no. But don't worry, guys. We're going to get Imperium versus freaking what? Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn now for the titles? Wow, man. Just riveting. Fucking riveting television. Riveting freaking shit, man. Um... And guys, here's a stat too to end this as well. Imperium has had 17 televised matches and one fucking victory. One. They've had one fucking victory. I'm not talking Gunther, right? I'm talking Imperium as the team, the faction. They have one fucking victory within 17 televised fucking matches. Do you know how pathetic and how fucking horrendous that shit is? This is in, this is supposed to be one of your top fucking factions in your company, and this is the best you have? This is what you have to offer for them? Give me a fucking break. Cut the fucking shit. Ridiculous, dude. But that's booking 101. That is this company's booking 101 in a nutshell. You know? Freaking ridiculous. And then there's going to be people like Triple H that are going to continue to mock the fans and, and, you know, mock the fans about not getting our way when, in, when they're freaking just in the shitter in the ratings because nobody's fucking drawing. If your name is not fucking Roman Reigns, nobody's drawing in these, these numbers and these ratings because nobody gives a single flying fuck. Nobody. Unless your name's not Roman or anybody in the bloodline, nobody fucking cares at all. No one gives a shit about freaking Seth Rollins and freaking Finn Balor. And listen, and if you do, if you, if you're, Listen, if you're looking forward to the match, if you're fans of these people, good for you. But do not bullshit me to say that this is the best that this company has to offer of what they're putting out for us as the viewers and as the fans. You cannot tell me that this is the best they have to offer. But let's continue to lower our bar because the more we do that, the more bullshit that we're going to get and the, and the more that this company is not going to get any fucking better. Because that's what this company latches onto for the fans that are going to lower their bar and accept the bare minimum. And as long as that company has that, they don't care because they're making record revenue with Peacock, with Saudi and all of this other shit. 
and 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 it's for us other fans that know what the fuck we're talking about that we're trying to help and, and trying to you know be a voice in the community to speak out and say this is wrong not because of our opinions because it is it is factually and it is realistically hurting the company and it's not getting any better because we just fucking accept it the company hears that they latch onto it and nothing gets nothing changes nothing gets any better and we're just going to continue to do that for the test of fucking time. Let's continue to throw out Charlotte Flair in a title match every freaking once a month, every two months. Let's continue to throw freaking Chad Gable and Eric in a two-minute match. Let's continue to throw your women out there for, two, for only two fucking minutes. Let's continue to throw rematches like Ricochet and Bronson Reed and just, and just keep doing it because fans are just going to fucking accept it. Thank you guys once again for tuning in to another episode of Ruthless Talk. This is, I believe, episode number 26 of season two. Thank you guys once again for tuning in to another episode. Make sure you guys stay tuned for episode number 27 of season two. We are back at it on Thursday when we talk AW and AW Dynamite as well as NXT. I believe Seth Rollins is going to be appearing on NXT to respond to a challenge from Braun Breaker that he made, an open challenge that he made. So I guess you're going to see Seth Rollins. So I'm sure me and Brian are going to speak about that as well. Um, as Brian will be back here, I've, you know, he has confirmed with me, guys. Trust me that he will be back uh, for Thursday's show uh, when we talk AEW uh, Dynamite as well as Saturday. Um, you know, Saturday's SmackDown review is up in the air because I will be out of town um for this weekend it is father's day so i will be out of town um for that weekend so but we will i'll keep you guys posted we will keep you guys posted in regards to that smackdown review and when and when and if it is going to be published um you know for this weekend so make sure you guys stay tuned for that as well as continue to follow our socials make sure you join our facebook group that is ruthless talk as well as follow our instagram and our tiktok that is ruthless underscore talk we create a lot of fun content over there we are have officially surpassed over 800 followers on instagram can't thank you guys enough again i always sound like a brokered record when i when i announce these milestones in regards to our followers and our viewership in regards to our, our social media platforms. Once again, thank you guys so much for smashing that follow button, for spreading the word and being a part of this community. And same as our TikTok, I'm pretty much, I believe we're now approaching close to about two, about 200, 250, somewhere around there. I believe it's like around 230-ish, but we're close to that 250 mark on TikTok. Make sure you follow us on over there. Once again, it's ruthless underscore talk. We create a lot of fun, creative content over there. And make sure you guys stay tuned for more episodes to come, as well as for Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank, I believe, is July 1st or somewhere around the first week of July, as me and Brian uh, will be doing a good, the bad, and the ugly review um for that show so make sure you guys continue to hit you know hit that notification bell on our you know on our uh, spotify and apple podcast profile make sure you do not miss an episode and make sure to stay tuned for more episodes to come that is going to do it for today's episode everybody my name is james porcelli and your boy is signing off saying salute peace out and take care everybody <laughs>